Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack, or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams' MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu slash events slash crisis management symposium. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you for another round of Rhode Island's Podcast of Record. Today, an interesting discussion really on two topics that have become acutely relevant here in Rhode Island and in a general sense, of course, as well. That being, number one, critical race theory, CRIT, CRT, and just sort of the hysteria around this and the pushback against it and really the reality of what's going on, at least in one particular school district, North Kingstown, and also in North Kingstown, a book, a graphic novel titled Gender Queer that has sparked a lot of outrage from certain parents and um, people in the North Kingstown community, and just a general conversation on inclusivity in terms of media centers and schools and so on and so forth. So we welcome North Kingstown School Committee member Jennifer Lima to the program for a discussion on each of these topics. Again, highly relevant to the moment. It's been, you know, and again, I don't know how many people are out at um, Stop and Shop in Cumberland having this conversation on, you know, when they pass people in the aisles. But at least in terms of the Twitter sphere, the talk radio, the inside baseball, this has been brewing and is becoming a major story for a number of reasons, and I think we get into all of that today here on the podcast. Remember, you can support the independent journalism that B-Town provides by becoming a B-Town Insider for $3 per month. Simply click the support link wherever you're listening right now, or head to patreon.com slash BartholomewTown and give me a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Your search is at Bill Bartholomew. Okay, so today we have a topic, actually a couple of topics that have fallen on our plates over the last, in one case, over the last month or so. And then in in another case, in just a general context, nationwide, um, the the latter being critical race theory or what is perceived to be CRT or CRIT inside schools, the former being this book that is... um, you know, I, I, I'm hesitant to use the word controversial, but is raising concerns uh, from a, a group of parents inside the North Kingstown School District, that being uh, the graphic novel, Gender Queer. And joining us is North Kingstown School Committee member wearing an awesome North Kingstown basketball sweatshirt, by the way. Is that say JV Champs? Yeah, this is from my daughter's freshman year. They won the state championship. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That that's like that's like where I got to in um in sports. I've always wanted. I thought that would be like a good band name. I think someone may have already stolen it, but JV <laughs> champs. Uh, Jennifer Lima joins us here on the Bartholomew Town podcast. So very good morning, coming out of the storm. You've got your power back, and uh, we're here for what is a highly relevant discussion right now on a statewide basis. I guess let's start with. Because it's right in our, our our forefront of our the forefront of our purview, gender queer. You know, I'm always amazed when people are kind of afraid of the fact that opportunities for uh, not even inclusion, but just for self discovery, 
uh, present a challenge to their norms, and then they act out in what has been really uh, an abhorrent manner with people booing and shouting at school committee meetings and just generally seeming to be disconnected from, you know, I think if this was in New York or a, you know, a, a, a larger city, you would not have this type of reaction. It's a really small-minded reaction to this book. What is your take on it? And I guess describe it and and the position of North Kingstown in putting Gender Queer, which is a graphic novel that has images that are comic book esque that some people find offensive. Some people are saying it's child pornography. It clearly isn't uh, from a legal standpoint. But why is there controversy around this book? So I think you touched on part of it. I think part of it is fear of what's not known to you. It's fear of, you know, if it's not in your circle, if it's not something that you are comfortable with or you have exposure to, it can be frightening. And I mean, without a doubt, the pictures in that book are shocking. Like if you just see the pictures without reading the book, it's going to make you wonder why is that book in the library, but you can't take, I mean, you could take anything out of context and, and, you know, say that it it shouldn't belong somewhere, but you really have to read the book. And I, I, that's my first question to anybody who questions the book is have you read it? Because if you haven't read it, I don't think that you can have the conversation about it. Um, The book itself is a memoir and it, it, I think it really is a valuable, um, resource for a a, a teenager who could be struggling with their gender identity or their sexuality. And, you know, taken in the context of the entire book, the pictures make sense. It's absolutely not pornographic. I mean, porn is designed to arouse somebody, you know what I mean? It's meant to be erotic and there's nothing erotic about those pictures. That book has been in the library for several years. I'm not sure how many years exactly, but it's not a recent edition. It's not part of the curriculum. It's simply one of many books that are in the library and that are available to students who need them. It fits in with our curriculum, not our curriculum in terms of being taught in the classroom, but just in general, supporting overall health and sexuality and making resources. I mean, let's face it, there are kids in our high school right now who are transgender. There are kids in our high school who are gay, like, you know, and to think that there are not is naive. It's mind boggling to think that they're not there. There isn't. And it's also so devoid of empathy. And I I think the thing that strikes me is that, you know, if you take a position against this book, then it's like anything to me. I I don't understand why people who oftentimes scream about freedom and freedom of choice wouldn't say, well, I choose to tell my kid to not take this book out or not look at this book. And look, there's always going to be some idiot that takes the book and, and uses it you know, takes it out. Uh, uh, huh, 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 huh. They're in lunchroom, whatever it may be. And they're going to, they're going to make a joke out of it. They'll do the same thing with a national geographic article, exploring <laughs> tribes that right, are un- right, untouched. Right, right. Um, but man, you know, it's, I'm in my thirties and I went to Charho and I can say for sure that, you know, the, the progress that, that society has made in being again, using this buzzword, but more inclusive, receptive, educational to people who are unsure about, curious about, trying to figure themselves out from a sexuality standpoint, a gender ID standpoint, or for people who want to have a better understanding about that journey as a a heterosexual person. Um, I just, you know, it it just seems to me that this is just one of those controversies. I even asked Governor McKee about it a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, I don't know, it's up to the library in the school. I'm not getting involved in this. Like, what are you talking about? It's, 
it just seems like it's a platform for some people who are, you know, just generally upset about the state of the world to kind of use something that's going on in their hometown that they perceive as against their values to try to shut down opportunities for other people. For other people. I think that's exactly it. Like it does not have to be for you, but that doesn't mean that it's not for somebody else. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, I think the, just the general uproar and the, the hatred over the the book in general and just you know the the way that the book is being treated i have to wonder like how do the kids in our high school who do identify with that book how does that make them feel you know what i mean like to see this book being torn apart like i that's my concern is you know watching this behavior of the adults in this community you know if you are a teen in this community who is it, it, who identifies um you know in that way this is not a safe space for you right now <laughs> you know yeah. why would you feel comfortable coming and talking to an adult if, if if a book is being treated that way how is a person going to be treated um and like you said it's all just about being inclusive and i think representation matters and if you see yourself in that book you know i think that's important for a young adult to be able to say i am not the only one there is somebody else out there and that whether that comes to gender whether that comes to race whether that comes to anything i think it's important to be able to see yourself or like you said as somebody who is you know straight to be able to say okay well now maybe it gives me a little bit of a glimpse you know into what somebody else is experiencing Dr. Phil Auger, who is the superintendent of North Kingstown Schools, uh, just happened to be the assistant principal of, of my high school when I went there. He was cast against a guy who was a former football coach um, that was the principal. And there was a real duality there at play. Auger oftentimes embraced the arts. He embraced, gave me a lot of opportunities as a musician to play at lunch and things like that and sort of pushed back against the notion that you know, that, that athletics and, and a certain cut of human was ideal, uh, that was pervasive in my school. So I always have respected him for that. I also see him taking a really practical and um, educated stance on this book. I guess ultimately it comes down to the school committee, though. From my vantage point, it doesn't look like anybody's going to be taking putting an effort in to advise the media specialist or demand the media specialist pull this from the library but are you open to sitting down with the more sober takes from certain parents who are concerned about this and having a dialogue and ex essentially explaining to them, hey, look, this is why this book is important. This graphic novel is important. And, and we understand your fears or concerns, but hear us out. Are you open to sort of a back and forth? Because right now it seems like it's just two completely opposite sides. I am always open to having a dialogue with anybody who approaches me directly and wants to have an actual conversation, but I have not seen that um, willingness currently. What I have seen is a lot of what you saw at the school committee the other night, poster boards, um, a lot of, you know, um, we actually have a process in North Kingstown um, for challenging the um, materials that we have in the library. And I asked the question, how many people have actually initiated that process? Because as part of that process, you have to describe what your issue is with the material. You know, have you read it? You, you have to actually go through and, and give some real thought and make some proposals and make some, you know, uh, questions and challenges. Not a single solitary person has actually 
initiated that formal process to have wow. any material removed, which kind of tells you, you know, where the mindset is at, because, you know, that that's the process to start the dialogue. Um, and I, I can't speak for anybody else other than myself, but I am happy to have a conversation inside or outside of that process, but it has to be a real conversation. You know, yeah. it has to be one that's willing to meet on both sides. And like I said, at the school committee meeting the other night, I support any parent's right to make decisions about their own child. But when it starts to cross the line into making a decision for somebody else's child, that's where, you know, there's a problem. Yeah, it's not much different than the argument for masks, you know, where people would say, well, you say that and then, but at the same time, masks are mandated. Well, the 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 mask impacts other kids it impacts the district as a whole. That's why a blanket decision is made. So in this case, the blanket decision is we're going to keep this book available in the library, media center, and so on and so forth. And because it benefits the greater good of of the school school district. I don't know. Th- this is a horrifying thing to me that, um, number one, that we've gotten to the point where people are just behaving the way they are. It, it's been around for years. You see it in youth sports on the sideline. Hey, you know, the, the hey, ref, you know, hey, coach, hey, this, hey, that, you know, this sort of um, barbaric type of, of attitude. But the fact that we're in a moment now where people are pushing against opportunities for people who are uh, either currently identifying as LGBTQ plus or are questioning their gender identity. And to to make it more difficult for those people, those kids to move forward in a productive way and in, in their self-authenticity and identification process, it just seems almost borderline evil. Right. And, and the other, the, the thing that I hear a lot is, you know, these kids are too young to have that, to be exposed to that type of material in terms of, you know, d- different genders, different sexualities, or, you know, you're going to confuse these children. I think that, and that comes down to a matter of ignorance. And I don't mean that like in the rude way, I mean, like in like the truly not understanding, you know, it it is not a choice to be homosexual. It's not a choice to be transgender. Like there are children out there who recognize that in themselves at a very, very young age. So putting a book in front of somebody and giving them the opportunity to read it is not going to quote unquote, turn somebody gay or turn somebody transgender. So for people to be saying that, um, you know, kids are going to be confused or that they're going to, you know, make a different choice because they've been exposed to that book is an extremely dangerous concept to be saying because it is not a choice and to to be pushing that narrative is it's homophobic and it's dangerous and i think to not recognize that um you know that there are children already who know this about themselves is is just is dangerous and we need to support those children and make sure that they know that it's you know we are a safe welcoming inclusive space you know and my whole thing and everything is that just to be open to the fact that not everybody walks through life in the same way that you do yourself and i i just don't understand why it's so hard for people to to recognize that it's just a simple basic concept this episode is brought to you by elmwood songwriters club presented by b-town it's a monthly showcase featuring seven artists from all around the region with the order drawn at random, each artist performs two songs. You can find details about when the next event is here in Providence by following me on Twitter and Instagram at Bill Bartholomew. Um, moving on to an, another discussion. This is actually the initial impetus for our, our podcast conversation here, going back to like, I think of late summer where, you know, 
crit, critical race theory, however it's you know CRT, however you want to to sum it up, um, and, and this national movement, largely drummed up by right wing television news, um, certain pundits here, and even here in Rhode Island, we've got some people who are like making a career. Well, maybe not getting paid for, it, but making a name for themselves as anti-crit. What, what's going on with that in North Kingstown? In terms of, is it even something that's on the a part of the curricula, curriculum? And, and and why are people afraid to address things like you know? You talk North Kingstown. You're talking Smith Smith's Castle. You're talking a number of things that are worth noting. Uh, South County as a whole, the the the, the Narragansett Planters. Um, the obvious, you know, the, the, what happened with the indigenous people of that region, right in your own backyard, there are things to address. Why are people afraid to do this? Right. I mean, that's a perfect example, especially where we live. We are living in an area where there are so many examples of, of our history. You know, I, I, I don't like to talk about the phrase critical race theory because yeah. I think that phrase has just been blown up to just encompass everything. And I think you can ask 10 different people what that phrase means and you're going to get like 10 different answers. Um, it's not like, you know, I, I would say to you, do you like ketchup on your scrambled eggs? Like, which is gross, by the way, but like you and I both Definitely. agree what ketchup and scrambled <laughs> eggs are, you know, but so like, like what I like to say is, you know, critical race theory is a higher education legal theory. That is not something that we are sitting kindergartners down and teaching. You know, it is not something that is taught in the North Kingstown School District. Do I personally believe that we should be teaching the truth about racism in our country and how it impacted the past and how it still impacts our country today? Absolutely. 100 percent, because I think that's an important piece of our country. And I think unless you confront the realities of the past, you can't move forward in the future. And I think what you brought up is a perfect example. Like you right here, we live in an area that was part of the slave trade. And to to deny that is is wrong. And I, you know, I, I always point to these types of examples, but like, you know, the Tulsa massacre, you shouldn't have learned about that from an HBO series. That's something that should have been taught in the classroom. And it's not just one or two people who didn't know about that. That's a huge segment of the population who never learned about that. So I don't think that teaching accurate history should be so controversial. You know, nobody's saying that we should take pieces of history that we've already learned and throw them out the window. We're just saying we should teach the complete picture of what actually happened. So obvious and so much better for people. And I think that the idea that this gets grouped in with well, if you if you learn about this stuff, all of a sudden, you know, you have to walk around as a potentially as a, either a white person or a person who has accumulated or family has accumulated wealth or whatever it is. Now you've got to walk around, you know, in this uh, woe is me, apologetic type of mentality. And I, I think that is also so, so wrong as uh, that the, the perception is, well, no, I mean, y- y- you can embrace the history and live a positive life based on that knowledge and try to create change where you'd like, it doesn't imply guilt for the rest of your life and anti-Americanism. 
Absolutely. I don't know where that whole like guilt and oppressor thing came from. Like nobody yeah. is saying that one race is an oppressor and the other is the oppressed and like that one person is inherently. And you just hit on a, I did, you know, Tim Cranston's from North Kingstown. He does the historic walking tours and everything. Yep. And I, I did one a couple months ago. And at one point we stopped um, at the old Narragansett church here in Whitford. And he was talking and he was telling us a story and he was talking about how, um, you know, the slaves were, went to church in the top and, you know, the families, the white families went to church in the bottom and how, you know, it, the slaves were chained up top and everything. And I, I, it was a very moving, horrifying story. I left there thinking, you know, feeling, you know, we need to do better. You know what I mean? Like kind yeah. of like not feeling guilty about being a white person, but like, you know, that was bad. We need to make sure something like that never happens again. So I'm not sure where that whole internal guilt thing comes from, but it, learning history shouldn't make you feel like you need to, you know, atone or it should just make you want to make sure that something like that never happens again. Yeah. And if we're staying acutely in North Kingstown, I mean, there's just a few examples that come to mind. I've I've been told, I don't know this for a fact, but experts have told me that the state's largest slave burial ground is located in North Kingstown and has been lost to development. And it's actually been very difficult to access these unmarked large areas, much larger than God's of the Laker in, North, in, in Newport or anything like that. Um, it's just been, forget about it. We're going to build, we're going to do our thing. Here we go. Um, and, and, and a lot of the mill buildings in North Kingstown were used to create what was known as Negro cloth or clothing that was cheaply made and shipped to the South for slaves to be worn long after there was no actual slave, slavery in Rhode Island, but we were still active participants in the slave trade. Now, this isn't to say that I should go, you know, smash my head through that glass window and, and, and repent here. It's just to say, oh yeah, that happened. And we should know that. Like, what's right. the big deal here? I, I, it's it's mind boggling. And, you know, I've been, I try to stay like as even keeled on issues as I can. And for the most part, I think I can do that. But then there are some things that come up like these types of things that you just go, no, 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 no. We're, we're not, we're, we're not going to let this spin into the gutter and into, you know, you, you know, this, this, um, you know, uh, what's the stupid network? Newsmax. You know, right, these, these right, far yeah. right, uh, fear mongering type of of clown shows. It should stay a mature discussion. And luckily, you're on the school committee, and you have allies there as well that that understand the importance of these things and are not, um, you know, burying them. I guess final word from you though. You know, North Kingstown. Do you feel like as a we we hear these loud voices, we see the the behavior at the school committee, people booing, yada yada yada. As a whole, though, do you get the sense that the North Kingstown community, in terms of in the school, outside of the school, are generally speaking on the same page as your perspective? I think without a doubt. I think what we are seeing is the, with the loud screaming and the angry, I think that is a very loud but very small percentage of the population. What I experienced over the past few months was so many more people reaching out just to support the work that the school committee in general is trying to do and the work that we're trying to advance in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, people emailing me, people stopping me in the streets, people, you know, um, just overall just speaking out and saying, thank you for bringing this out into the forefront. You know, there's been a need for this work. You know, we support what you're doing. This is what, um, you know, you know, the way I look at it is 
the desire to support this work and the actual work has been going on for a while. This has just kind of all brought it to the forefront. And I think our community as a whole is a supportive, um, you know, inclusive community. It's just, um, unfortunately, there's always a few who are loud and it's usually the loud people who get the attention, you know, but overall, I think the community is very supportive. Yeah. And let's hope that those people can be comforted with, with knowledge and, and conversation that gets them at least a chunk of them. You know, maybe they're not going to be a hundred percent on board with, with everything that's happening, but at least to the point where they can be empathetic and, and, and I don't know, it's it's just, this just a weird times, obviously it's weird times, but, but these types of issues, you know, they, I was listening to the radio yesterday and, and this was a topic of discussion and people were calling in and, and even just some of the answers I, I was <laughs> just was like, no, no, no. Some of the callers was like, no, no, I, you know, I don't, I, I, can I, can I have your numbers just so we can talk about this? It's not, it should not be political. The, 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 this is not an activist agenda. It's yeah. just doing it's right human, by other right. people. Exactly. It's not a left or a right. It's humanity. Like I, it, it, racism, sexuality, all those things, those are not political. Those are human issues. And it shouldn't matter whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or anything like that. We're people at the end of the day. And yeah. if we can't relate to somebody else on a human level, like I, I don't know if we can't at the end of the day do that, then I'm not sure we can do anything really. Rhode Island's podcast of record, B-Town.